Welcome to the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. Nobody brings you more comprehensive coverage of high school sports in Middle Tennessee than Main Street Preps. Today's show is brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Remember, fans don't let fans drive drunk. Now, please welcome the host of the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. I'm Russell Venozzi. Excited to be talking week eight of high school football here in Middle Tennessee. We've got a fun show lined up. In just a moment, we are going to talk to Nashville Christian coach Jeff Brothers. His team's got a big game this week against Columbia Academy. We'll also go over some storylines to watch, including some Mr. Football candidates and uh, the games to watch on Thursday. There's plenty of Thursday games this week because of fall break, so you definitely want to check schedules before you head out to games. And uh, we will also, as always, make some predictions at the end of the show for how we think some of the top games this week are going to fare. Before we get to all that, though, I want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, where fans don't let fans drive drunk. Let's go ahead and bring in Jeff Brothers now from Nashville Christian. His team is coming off an overtime win against Good Pasture. Jeff, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Russell. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate what you do for high school football and uh, having me on the show today. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so Jeff, let's start with that overtime win. You guys go for two and get it against Good Pasture there to uh, to walk it off. Is that yeah. something you guys had planned ahead of time to go ahead and, and, and go for that two-point conversion? Or is that more well, of a spontaneous you know, uh, call in the moment? I think every football team every week practices every situation. And so that's something that, that it didn't sneak up on us that we were going to have an opportunity to do that. And so we have some plays that we like in those situations. Um, as we got towards the end of the game, you know, it was really it was my call for a lot of that, um, for all of that. But, you know, we were struggling a little bit to stop their run, their quarterback run game. And so um, I knew that if we could tie it and get to overtime, that we were going to have to pretty quickly put that game away if we could and just take that risk. Um, didn't want to go back and forth with them from the 10-yard line over and over again. Um, they got the, We won the toss, played defense first. They got the ball. Um, they punched it in on the quarterback run, and they kicked their extra point. And in that moment, I knew – I felt confident that we would score. Um, and then I knew that we would go for two uh, in that moment. And so we did score. And then I had a two-point play that – I had a few of them, and the, the one I liked uh, was a result of a two-point play that we had run the week before, just sort of a compliment to that. Um, and it worked out well. You know, it's a risk-reward situation. Uh, it's a non-region game on the road. Um, you got to show confidence in your – players and, and take that risk and, and let them know that you believe in them and, and it worked out certainly did and that was Nashville Christian's third straight win after starting the season with three losses and Jeff I know when we talked in the preseason uh, I believe it was at the Columbia Academy scrimmage or Columbia Central scrimmage yeah. you yeah. were talking about just how young the team was going to be after how many guys you graduated last year I guess how is sort of this team coming along now that they've got some more some more game experience under, under their belt well, kind of like what we expected. They're they're young. Um, we have three sophomore receivers in the starting rotation. We have two sophomore tailbacks. We have a sophomore quarterback, although he's very very talented, you know. And so that that entire skill set, our our fullback is a senior, and everybody else is a sophomore. So they have moments, and you have to kind of you know ebb and flow with those guys. Uh, you know, they're going to make plays that help you realize how talented they are, and then they're going to make plays that make you scratch your head and wonder how they you know couldn't accomplish what they were trying to or didn't make the decision they needed to make. And so you just kind of ebb and flow with that. And and it's really um, a very talented JV team playing a varsity schedule. Um, if we had seniors in those roles, they would probably be starting and these sophomores would be playing JV minutes. 
uh, but it's not. It's upside down. So we've got um, good senior leadership in the offensive line, um, but our skill set is very young. And so we're just um, we're working through those things. We're, we're kind of inching up as the year goes on and uh, we're kind of um, elevating our play as we get to midseason and into the heart of the region season. So that matters. And then defensively, you know, a lot of those same guys turn around and play defense uh, at a small school like this. So we are learning how to get stops when we need them. The last two games, as you mentioned, we've uh, had come from behind wins in each of those last two games. And it's been because we've gotten stops when we needed them in the fourth quarter uh, on the defensive side of the football. So hopefully we can progress there as well. Um, not put ourselves in that position, but we know that we can be um, confident that we can be successful if we're in that position. And that's a good thing to have with such a young team. One of those sophomore guys you mentioned, of course, is quarterback Jared Curtis, who's now in his second year as the starter. Certainly had some moments this season uh, of, of good play, and then he also did miss a game as well. I guess so far, what have you seen from Jared? What kind of strides has he made this year? Yeah, well, just tremendous growth in the knowledge of the game. You know, he played a lot, obviously, as a freshman and played very well. A lot of that was a lot of just instinct, pure ability, and um, just, you know, just a – a knack for making plays. And he also had a senior group of receivers that was, you know, last year were helping him uh, accomplish those things. And then this year had to take more of a leadership role because his surrounding cast is young like him. And so he's learning how to lead. He's learning how to um, be in situations where he, he, you know, uh, somebody could get frustrated at a drop pass that should have been a touchdown or at a busted route concept that should have been open. And so he's learning how to manage those situations and be a leader in those roles. And, and he's done a, amazing job so i'm so impressed with him just his character his personality his leadership uh, his growth in that realm uh, just as much as his understanding of the game itself and letting it slow down so that he can make those decisions pre-snap and post-snap that maybe he wasn't making last year but it didn't matter he had a, a surrounding cast that could help him um through those times and and now again like everybody else on our team he is every week just inching more and more forward uh, he's tried to force a few things when we've been behind um, tried to force some plays, you know, and sometimes, like we tell them, you have to take off the cape and not be the superhero. Just do the thing that you need to do and trust those other guys to elevate um, their play. And while he's waiting on that um, that opportunity, he's grown tremendously and just loves practicing, loves playing with his teammates, loves National Christian School. Um, just every day is a great, great pleasure to have a guy like that on your team. Um, and we're excited about the future for him as well. I was looking at the box score and saw that Jared rushed for two touchdowns against Good Pasture, including yep. one in overtime. And yep. uh, you mentioned there you don't necessarily want him to be need him to be Superman all the time, but, but you know, given his size and strength, how much of uh, a weapon is it when he's running the ball? Yeah, look, hey, flashes of Superman are great. I'm not saying I don't like that part, but I'm just saying you right. know every play doesn't have to be that play. So just do you know um, what's within the scope of the offense when you can, and then when that breaks down, that's when you go do your thing. And um, you know, he's a he's a weapon uh, a lot of different ways. Uh, he, he grew up playing running back, so he loves to run the football um, and is very uh, powerful and strong and fast. Um, he is a 6'3", 220-pound tailback when he gets going and uh, runs the ball well. And so we use him in those capacities uh, when we feel like it's going to help us be successful. He's more than a willing runner. He, he's an excited runner. And uh, that helped us this past weekend. You know, when you're in the overtime and you're on the 10-yard line, uh, you know, the passing windows shrink down. And so a quarterback that can run gives you an added weapon um, and an opportunity to, to be successful. And he, he embraces that. He's just as, just as good himself running the football or having one of our running backs run the football for touchdowns. He's excited for, for any of those opportunities. And 
we knew to put the ball in his hands in the overtime, um, including the two-point conversion, um, giving him a chance to, to run and pass right there. Made a great decision and a great throw and, and you know, brought us a great win. One playmaker who you guys have relied on heavily so far is sophomore do-it-all man Bryson Holt. Uh, he yep. catches passes, uh, carries the ball, plays defensive back, and even filled in for Jared at quarterback a couple weeks ago. How valuable is Bryson into what you guys have been able to do so far? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, you said it in all those ways. Um, plays offense, defense, and special teams. And so he's he is a a um, his athleticism is tremendous. His talent level and his skill set is diverse, and he can step into any role at any moment and, and bring us opportunity for success. So yeah, when Jared was out with some illness, um, Bryson stepped in and played tremendously well at quarterback and would be a starting quarterback on a lot of football teams. But just to show his character and his um, his self lessness on our football team he's willing to do whatever we ask to help us be successful he just wants to be out there playing um, he can run he can catch he can throw he plays defense well he can tackle uh, he's a special teams weapon um, bryson is um, the spark for a lot of the things um, that we're able to accomplish this year so we touched on this a little bit earlier but you guys graduated a lot of production off that offense uh your leading rusher top four pass catchers Along with Bryson, who else have you seen sort of step up into those roles and come come through for you guys on offense? Yeah, as can be expected in a year like this, there are there are, there are flashes from a lot of different people. So a lot of those young guys have gone and caught a football in traffic and have gone and made a man miss and scored a touchdown. And um, you know, so we do have um, in that rotation one of our guys is uh, Braylon Toll. He's a senior in that group. Uh, didn't start last year, um, but is in the rotation this year at receiver. And defensive back and he's made some you know big plays for us down the field um bryson has obviously as you mentioned has done a lot caden grigsby's a freshman who's made a lot of big plays for us in the offensive end and on special teams to set us up for for touchdown opportunities um uh i'm just trying to think now uh javin drulo is a sophomore receiver who's made some big plays and scored some touchdowns for us uh brock Haywood is a junior running back that plays the sort of the B-back role in our 10 personnel and has done well running the ball and catching screen passes and, and doing the job there. And then our sophomore tailbacks, um, Michael Hoskins has shown some good flashes of being a, being a good tailback, got to get more consistent in the run game. And then uh, Devontae Sanders is a sophomore tailback who has shown a lot of spark and flash as well. And so we're just excited to watch them grow when they get comfortable and when they can be more consistently, you know, um, in the right place, doing the right things, we're, we're going to be really good for, for a while here. And this is the rebuilding year, and people expect a lot because of what we've done and because of the quarterback that we have. There's a lot of high expectations on him and on us. And so we're learning how to navigate that um, because we are young and inexperienced in a lot of ways. And so we, we navigate the season and the ebbs and flows of success and, and heartbreak and uh, you know just try to peak at the right time. Yeah, on that note, despite the way the season started, those were all non-region losses, so no harm, no foul there. You guys are 2-0 and in the Division II single-A middle region with a, a big one coming up this week, of course, uh, still still in that title hunt. Um, what needs to happen? What do you need to see from your from your team over these next few weeks to make the most of this stretch run of the season? Yeah, I said it a minute ago, consistency on both sides of the ball and, and all three sides of the ball, if you count special teams. We need to be more consistent. Um, we a, a lot of those first three games, now we play play up. I mean, obviously we're a single-A team, so most of the non-region games are going to be playing up. Um, and we were just um, – self-inflicted wounds were a big part of why we couldn't be successful there. We had multiple touchdowns called back because of a holding penalty or a, a 
an illegal shift penalty. We had too many fumbled uh, handoffs or, or, you know, not necessarily at the handoff, but too many running backs, you know, fumbling, trying to make plays, trying to extend and, and gain more yardage and traffic rather than just covering up and, you know, you know, taking what you can and, and securing the football. So um, the penalties, the turnovers, the self-inflicted wounds are the things that cost us early which is the sign of a young, inexperienced team and an, uh, an immature team, if you want to call it that, in terms of football. So we're just trying to build on that, um, those, those lessons learned. We're trying to grow in that mature way as a football team. And as we get through the, the non-region games and now into region play, um, the next you know four out of five games, then or three out of four games, we need to not shoot ourselves in the foot and we need to just play more consistently on both sides of the ball. We need to tackle well on the defensive side. We've given up big play. We've given up a lot of run game, third down and fourth and short situations where we need to get off the field. So finishing the defensive drive, so to speak, and, and, and forcing a punt um, or a turnover uh, on the defensive side is going to be something that, that we focus on going into these games. Um, we've been, uh, looking at the stat sheet, you know, um, the last couple of weeks, the opposing offense has had twice as many plays as we've had on offense. And so to be able to win those games means that we're efficient when we have the ball. We just don't have the ball enough. So we've got to get off the field defensively. Those kind of things just kind of factor in the next few weeks. And as I mentioned earlier, it's Columbia Academy at home this week. They are also 2-0 and there in the middle region. Um, yeah. What challenges are you expecting them to present on Friday? Well, they've got a, a – a, you know, very confident football team, and they've got a lot of talent to spread out on the offensive end. The quarterback is a, is a quality runner as well as a passer as well. They have length, their receiver. They have guys that go get a football. Uh, their running backs, like, I think he's been there five years already. It seems like every time we play them, we're facing him. He's a, a dynamic tailback. Um, he's shifty. He's got he's, – he's added power now to his game, um, running over people as well as making moves. He likes to, you know, spin out of tackles, and, and he's got you know, the, the speed to score from distance. Um, so we've got to corral the running game. And at the same time, we've got to make sure we defend the back end because they can throw the ball well. And you can't just absolutely get after the quarterback and let him escape and run downfield uh, with his uh, abilities as well. So from the defensive side, you know, we've got a, a big challenge to cover the entire width and length of the field. Uh, offensively, um, we've got to just, you know, again, just put together consistent drives and not not stop ourselves. Um, they have a, a, a high energy, you know, physical defense. They always play us tough. Um, and they're going to be, you know, looking to come in, and, and they have an opportunity to put themselves in the catbird seat to win the region with a win Friday night as well. So they've got a lot to play for, and it's going to be a tremendous challenge to overcome um, the opponent, the emotion of the game, you know, the, the impact of it. Um, there's a lot to factor in that we just got to make sure that we focus on the details um, and do the little things well. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Jeff, really appreciate all the insight. I think also you were the first person that's ever worn a tie to appear on this show, so you get the best dress award. And, well, I appreciate uh, that. I, I'm at work, and we have to wear a tie to work. So, uh, okay. I'd like to say I dressed up for you, but I really just dressed up for work and, and happened to talk to you. But I appreciate it. Well, that's great. Thanks again, Jeff, and uh, good luck this Friday. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for what you do, Russell. All right, that has been Nashville Christian football coach Jeff Brothers. Uh, big game against Columbia Academy this Friday. We'll see how it goes. We're going to take a break now and come back with some week eight storylines. So stick around for that. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. 
After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. As an Allstate agent in Gallatin, Larry Maynard knows many local families. His knowledge and understanding of the people in this community helps him provide customers with outstanding service. Give Larry a call at 615-452-1500. Macon Bank and Trust Company is a proud supporter of the Gallatin Green Wave. For over 100 years, Macon Bank and Trust has offered a true hometown banking experience to help you meet your financial goal. We are local people with local decision-making and ready to serve you. Don't let pain keep you from doing the things you love. With our world-class physicians, Houston Clinic Orthopedics will have you back enjoying your life in no time. From ortho care to physical therapy and more, visit our website to book an appointment. Houston Clinic Orthopedics, when experience matters. Craving the juiciest, most delicious burgers in Dixon? Look no further. Luke's Burgers and Breakfast has got you covered. Whether you're in the mood for a mouth-watering cheeseburger or a breakfast burrito, we have it all. Our secret? Only the freshest ingredients, cooked to perfection every time. So, why settle for ordinary when you can have extraordinary? Come on down to Luke's Burgers and Breakfast, where every bite is an experience. All right, it's time to dive into some week eight storylines. And let's start with Mr. Football candidates to, to watch. Every team has played at least six games, if not seven. So certainly still some time to go here in the regular season. But enough of a sample size to kind of start to pare down who might be up for these awards, who might be some deserving names to consider. Let's start in class 1A, Ben Franklin. Of course, no relation to Benjamin Franklin of uh, America's founding years there, but a great name nonetheless. He's a Navy commitment, which is fairly fitting there, but uh, he's had an awesome season there for Cornersville. 96 carries, 1,283 yards, and 21 touchdowns in seven games. He's also got a couple of sacks on defense. Uh, he's. He, I would be really surprised if he's not at least a semifinalist for the award there in Class A, just as a superb senior year he's having Dawson white. He is another guy in class one, a that's probably going to give Franklin a, a good run there for the award. White is a senior quarterback slash do it all guy at Moore County. He's got 847 passing yards, 902 rushing yards, 24 total touchdowns, and then 34 tackles and two interceptions on defense. He hardly ever comes off the field. And of course a player like that is incredibly valuable. And, uh, we see two-way players up for Mr. Football and sometimes even winning the award. So certainly two good candidates there in Class A from the area. How about Class 2A? I think you've got to start with the East Robertson Groves brothers, Elijah and Isaiah. Of course, Elijah is a senior Kentucky commitment, a linebacker and slash wide receiver tight end type. He's got 23 receptions, 350 yards, four touchdowns on offense. And then on defense, he's got 46 tackles, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries and one forced fumble. Tremendous year there for Elijah. Then Isaiah, not to be outdone, who is also starting to rack up some, some big-time college offers as well, has 122 carries, uh, 1,372 yards, and 13 touchdowns. East Robertson's got a great squad, and it starts with those two guys. I would expect 
one or maybe both of them to be nominated or semifinalist for Mr. Football. Jumping all the way up now to Class 6A, Dwayne Morris at Oakland has had a tremendous season as a running back, a slot back type. He's in the backfield too with Ashton Jones, the DCA transfer, who's been a phenomenal as well. But uh, Morris, since coming over from Red Bank in the summer, has 90, sorry, 956 all-purpose yards, 14 touchdowns, and uh, he's a big reason why the Patriots are 6-1. and one. So certainly a candidate there in 6A. In Division Two Single A, Tyson Walcott from uh, Friendship Christians having a great senior year, 178 carries, 1,646 rushing yards, and 28 touchdowns. And he also does not come off the field either. 45 tackles on defense, including 13 for a loss. In Division Two Double A, there's Ty Clark the Third from Franklin Road Academy. He's uncommitted still at this point, but has several. Uh, FCS and FBS offers, and through six games, he had 96 carries, 957 yards, and 18 touchdowns, and I just got to see him last week against Davidson Academy, and uh, he put on a show, 176 yards, three touchdowns, uh, helped his team to a win there. His last touchdown run, I think, was from 25 yards out, and he was kind of nursing a bum ankle or an ankle tweak and uh, toughed it out. Didn't look like it was affecting him at all. So, And Justin Geisinger also spoke highly of him as a leader, uh, and as a student, which you got to remember, that's also part of the consideration of these awards is um, off the field academics stuff is is factored in as well. And it's solely based on regular season performance. So by the time the regular season is over, uh, that's when the, st- uh, the stat counting stops, at least for Mr. Football purposes. So be sure to re- remember that for guys that have a big playoff showing. That's great, you know, as you're trying to get to the state championship. But for Mr. Football, it's only those 10 regular season games that count. And there's a bunch of other names, too, that I, I simply don't have time to list here, but I'm writing an article this week that will be posted at MainStreetPreps.com that's going to detail more Mr. Football candidates uh, from all classifications. So be sure to stay tuned for that. A quick Main Street Preps Top 25 update. There weren't a whole lot of changes there after Week 7, but Brentwood Academy finally did fall out 1-6. Just a tough, tough start for them. I believe it's their worst start in program history. The Eagles uh, losing skid is now at four games after falling to Clearwater International from Florida. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough right now for, for uh, Brentwood Academy thought last week would be the week that they would get on track. Uh, George McIntyre had another, another tremendous game, 310 passing yards and two touchdowns, but it wasn't quite enough for the Eagles who, uh, you know, desperately need a win here to kind of get some positive momentum going. Taking their place in the poll was Stewart's Creek. They're at five and two now after, Drubbing West Creek 45 to 14. They fell out of the pole for one week, but they jumped right back in after beating West Creek. So, congrats to the Red Hawks. I uh, mentioned it at the top of the show, but fall breaks are happening this week and next week. So, be sure to check the schedule. Uh, this week, of course, Rutherford County, Sumner County, and Wilson County are all on fall break. So, not many games at all happening in those areas. Next week, Davidson, Williamson, Murray, and Robertson are all on fall break. So, again, there will be a light slate next week as well this week there's been some games moved to thursday to let people sort of start their uh, vacations a little bit early a couple games were even moved more recently within the past few weeks i believe so uh just take note of these games east nashville at cane ridge antioch at cpa trousdale county at east robertson ravenwood at franklin springfield at hunters lane macon county at livingston academy summit at overton page at hillsborough McGavick at Rossview and Maplewood at Stratford will all be held on Thursday night. 
That does it for our storylines. Let's take another quick break and then come back with some week eight predictions. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. Welcome to the GR Group at Cry Like Realtors. Our team is comprised of seasoned veterans, military spouses, and other real estate professionals with strong ties to the military community. We specialize in helping our clients buy and sell homes, as well as providing comprehensive services for commercial and land properties. Whether you're relocating to the area interested in buying or selling a home or looking for commercial or land properties, the GR Group has the expertise and resources to help you achieve your real estate goals. Contact the GR Group today. Founded in 2005, Pamela Witt First Lending Solutions has a reputation of consistently offering the lowest possible rates and, above all, providing outstanding customer service. Pamela Witt First Lending Solutions takes pride in treating our clients with honesty and integrity. We provide excellent service and experience you can trust for all your mortgage needs, proudly serving all of Tennessee. Apply today. Call Pamela Witt First Lending Solutions, 858-518-1506 or online at www.firstlendingonline.com. NMLS number 314276, ID 135932. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work, you do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. All right, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, and that is score predictions. I know it gets everybody stirred up. We've got, of course, our Main Street preps, staff-wide predictions that come out every Wednesday, and you can uh, see who all of our writers and reporters uh, think is going to win, and you can also give them grief on Twitter, so feel free to do that. But uh, I've still got first place by a couple games. We'll see if we can keep that going this week. I do think the slate of games is a little bit difficult to predict, so let's give it a shot here for five of the, the ten games that are going to be on that uh, picks list that will be posted by Wednesday afternoon. Brentwood at Centennial start there. Uh, there's nothing on the line here in terms of playoff standing now that Centennial is down in class 5A, but certainly some Williamson County bragging rights. Both these teams are 7-0, and and uh, the winner might be able to say that they are the best team in the county, um, depending on how the last couple games of the season go, of course. But uh, this is a tough one to pick. Centennial's got the home field advantage there, but um, I'm going to give it to Brentwood 24-21. I just like the way they've played this year. They've played definitely a, a difficult schedule and I um, think that may work in their benefit here, but certainly think this is a game that could come down to the very final moments and possibly even a field goal. So I've got given the Bruins an edge by three there. Henry County at beach. This is the only Sumner County, uh, the only show in Sumner County this week with beach. Everybody else is off for fall break. 
And Beach seems to play Henry County just about every year, and they also seem to have pretty good success, even though Henry County is a team that, as we've mentioned before on the show, uh, sort of wreaks havoc sometimes with these mid-state teams coming over from uh, Paris, Tennessee. But Beach uh, coming off, a, uh, I believe, a, an open week and a win over Hendersonville. So you got to feel good about that if you're a Beach fan. And uh, I think they can keep this going. So I, I'm, I'm picking Beach to win over Henry County 21 to 14. Uh, also got Innsworth at Father Ryan here. And that is a big one in Division II AAA West region. Uh, could decide uh, sort of some, some seeding there. I'm going to give the edge to Innsworth 28 to 24. They only got one loss this season and they are playing really well. So I think they're going to pull that one out. Staying in Division II. Triple A Lipscomb Academy at NBA. This is a bit of a wild card here. NBA is coming off a win over Knoxville Catholic. Uh, Lipscomb Academy just dropped one to Christian Brothers from Missouri. But the way that Lipscomb has played in a lot of its games, it's played a lot of tough teams. I think I've got to give them the edge here. 35-14. Still kind of figuring out some quarterback stuff since uh, Deuce Knight took over, or since Deuce Knight left and Tav Schaefer took over. They've also got Jackson Kilberg in the mix. So we'll see what, what happens moving forward there. But I think regardless, the Mustangs have a good defense and, and plenty of playmakers to make it happen. And then lastly, Columbia Academy at Nashville Christian. We talked about this game with Jeff, went back and forth on it, but I'm going to give a slight edge to Columbia Academy here, 35 to 28. We will see how it goes. That's all the time we've got today. Thanks for joining us on the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. And we'll see you back next time on the show. So talk to you then. You've been watching the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. Nobody brings you more comprehensive coverage of high school sports in Middle Tennessee than Main Street Preps. Join us each week at this time on Main Street Media TV to get the latest news about high school football. The Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show is brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office.